a new PC mod throws the world of Street Fighter V Online into chaos, Kage is making waves both with the community and Daigo, but might have a fizzling future in front of him. Catalyst and I declare who we think the top characters will be now that we've had a month with the game, and we check the mailbag all on this week's episode of the Event Hubs podcast. Perfect. Alright, welcome back to another episode of the Event Hubs Podcast. I am John Catalyst Gray, and with me as always is John Velociraptor Guerrero. What's up? How you, how's everybody doing? I can't talk this week, so it's not going to be a good podcast. Great. Right, well, I, I just wanted you to know that your your last name is no longer Guerrero, it's Guerrero. Like yeah, that. you've been it, sticking it just, with that for uh, for a couple of weeks now. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, it's I, was, a, so, I thought it was an ever-evolving thing, like you're going to add to it every week. Maybe just another O. Yeah. Uh, hopefully, um, hopefully your family starts calling each other that too, like when they see each other, because uh, obviously families refer to each other by their last name, right? So absolutely, uh, yeah, yeah. Anyway, but all right, so let, let's get into it here. Uh, the net code in Street Fighter V continues to be a hot button issue, and I want to kick this right off and just say that uh, even before the net code mod got released, you and I uh, and the rest of our staff have been harping on the net code along with a lot of other people and saying, "Look, improve this crap. It is not good." Uh, Damn, I'm already going in too hard there. It, it's not good for 2020. Like, I think for 2015, 2016 netcode, it was good. You know, and I think it held up pretty well. But now that we've got Mortal Kombat 11, uh, now that we've seen what Killer Instinct could do and a few other games, it's like, let's let's get this a little bit better because we've got half a million matches going on daily. You've got the tournament mode coming in. I want to be very upfront and say, like, I, I think every one of us wants to see the netcode improved and improved a good deal. You know, You're the so. biggest, baddest dude in the room. Which we're still talking... I, People have caught up in a lot of significant ways, but we're still talking about Street Fighter and Capcom. When people think fighting games, they more often than anything else are going to picture Ryu, Chun-Li, all that kind of stuff. It's just, it's still Street Fighter that is the big granddaddy of them all, and so expectations are up there for this franchise. It's, it's a triple-A franchise, and... Mortal Kombat's doing it better. Uh, we've heard that people have been doing it better actually for a while. We talk about how you know we're doing 2015, 2016 net code, and now we're in 2020. It's like, yeah, well, expectations have been getting pretty high up there for a while. And if Capcom, as a sort of the leader, isn't there, it's it's going to come down hard. Like you know, it rains hardest at the top too. The expectations are up there for them. So you really can't with other with your competition around you doing a better job than you any anywhere that happens for Capcom it's not okay lower lower games on the uh, on the like the fighting game hierarchy maybe you can get away with it a little bit but not Capcom and not with Street Fighter yeah triple a game we expect triple a netcode and that's a fair expectation especially with all the DLC uh, how much of support we put into this game the netcode needs to be an absolute top priority with this game right along with game balance right along with you know freaking costumes all that kind of stuff we need top tier netcode with this game and it should be an expectation and I, I I will give Capcom a little bit of credit not a lot Ono has said outright like it seems like with Street Fighter 6 that, that's going to be a big priority we have heard that before we heard lightning fast netcode with Marvel Vanilla uh, Marvel 3 Vanilla that was not Wait, the case someone said that about Marvel 3 uh, I'm gonna, not going to name the producer but uh, the producer of the game um, said that before the game was released and the game shipped with just garbage netcode sure um, and that was but, but here's the thing in 2011, that wasn't so much an expectation. 
right? It was like, oh, and I could probably play this online and that'll be fun, but it's it's very much online. But now uh, it every, wasn't they have, I, I got it I gotta interrupt you. It was not an expectation for the fighting game community because I don't know why, but for gamers all around, like that kind of like good net code was like an expectation in Oh, we were playing Halo. We were yeah, playing Halo and yeah. getting headshots and stuff and, and and that was that was a thing too. But yeah, you're, you're right. Specifically it's a it's a good uh, detail to throw in there. We're talking about the fighting game community and their expectations for this kind of stuff. But but now, man, it, everything is is much better, and yeah. Yeah. All right, so so let's get into it here. A, a quick overview of what happened is a user named Altimore, and I believe I'm pronouncing that correctly. If I'm not, my apologies. But he released a mod for Street Fighter V that supposedly fixed a number of netcode issues with the game. Now, several more problems arised from this fix, uh, with some people are, are like swearing by how good it is, and other people swearing at how bad it is, right? Like it, it has been a mixed results kind of situation here. Um, some looked at it, at it again as a holy grail fix for Street Fighter V's netcode, um, and, and it's. I think for some people that's held up like okay over time. Um, but I also want to throw out here the the placebo effect. For any real or perceived change, like there's a phenomena where people believe something has changed, even if nothing has at all. Uh, it, it could be, uh, and uh, you know, it can work in the other way too. Like if you don't believe something's working, even though it's like designed specifically to help you, like it's you know, uh, mind over matter, you know, all that kind of stuff. It is a it is a phenomenon that happens, and it's why they have a, a you know placebo testing and like uh, medicine checks and all that other kind of stuff. They do this stuff to to help alleviate the whole mental stuff that goes on with it right so do I don't you know. think it falls somewhere in the middle of what the general perception is and then uh, you know actual nothing changing well okay so some of the people that we initially posted and saw up on twitter they were like praising this immensely right and then like an hour or two hours a day later they just totally started walking it back and saying uh this is not as good as i initially thought it was right um and then I, I'm going to answer your question here, but especially with something as unstable as the internet um, and largely anecdotal evidence is what we're hearing. It's hard to say collectively where the reality is with this patch. As you say, it's probably somewhere in the middle. Um, I do think, and I'm going to get into this later on, that I do think this overall is a good benefit for the fighting game community, specifically for Street Fighter V. I think it shows that there are very clearly improvements that could be made, but I also take very large issue with people saying that these improvements are trivial to make uh, because I've spoken with multiple developers uh, that, that do rollback code. Uh, I've heard them talk in general and I have yet to hear a single person say that this is trivial and super simple and other stuff to put out there. And I saw a bunch of people saying, Oh, this is a piece of cake, not an issue. You know, Capcom should have had this a long time ago. Well, we're, again, this is polarizing. Some people are swearing by it. Some people are saying this is the worst thing to ever happen to online play. And, and that kind of that kind of polarizing results are not good for your game because you know you get reviews and stuff out there like let's just say this is a code that the game shipped with well you're having some people have a great experience some people have a freaking terrible one that's going to spread all across the internet and in my opinion if the it shipped the game shipped like this well how people are playing it right now I think the the reviews of the net code would have been a lot worse because it's massively unstable. It is the people who are having great experiences, more power to you. The people who are having worse ones, like you're going to hear about that a lot. And there it is. Well, that really has a lot to do with the crossplay factor, right? That PS4 can't perform on this same level that the mod is. Or are you talking about even even further than just that, like the oh, person yeah. that doesn't have the mod gets dumped on and gets all uh, of the I'm lag. saying both people have the mods. And there was a guy who jumped in there and said, hey, I'm on a very low latency LAN. That's a lo local area network where everything's wired in together. 
and in less than 10 millisecond ping times, which is what you would expect from a LAN, right? Very fast, great. He said, I'm having massive issues with this patch. And, mm. and I mean, again, that's the kind of scenario where it's like, it should basically be offline. Like, you should almost have no issues at all. Right. Uh, another person was sitting in Battle Lounge for a while, and they're like, yeah, initially there was no problems, but we sat in there for two or three hours, and all of a sudden things started going crazy. Now, um, in the, the case of the latter one is that the internet, like on someone's end, just bombing out, right? Because, I mean, that happens, and it, it does this have nothing to do with the patch. Or does the, the patch have some kind of bug in it where over time the connection quality degrades and all this other kind of stuff happens? There's a lot that could be going on here. You mentioned to me when this first all started up that when you're programming, coding, operating in this space where you would be making a, a fixes for this kind of a thing, it's very, very often the case that your solution undoes, you know, a, a rubber band or a, a Band-Aid over there, and it kind of makes the, the, the system break over on that side. So it creates another problem. And then you have to patch and go and figure out how to then attend to that while keeping your solution in place because it does a bunch of things that are good, but it usually lets, you know, one area leak all of a sudden. And so it becomes a game of chasing that around until uh, you eventually figure out a way to, to keep things going. And that's what it's sounding like is starting to uh, starting to emerge with this fix. Is that like okay, well we fix this over here, but obviously, <laughs> two hours later something else pops up. Yeah, unintended consequences are a fact of life in programming. You fix one bug and all of a sudden you've got three more. And usually it doesn't work like where you fix one and you got three more. Usually you fix one and then you, you discover another one a little bit further down the chain that you never anticipated. And, and that's why this stuff has to be tested extensively. Uh, Capcom ran, you know, CFN online network, you know, beta test. I'm sure that they tested it a lot internally uh, to get it up to the point where it's at. And again, I, I that's why I... I'm not okay with people saying that Street Fighter V's netcode is total, total garbage. Our whole team plays on it pretty regularly, and we have an okay enough experience. This is not King of Fighters like 13, you know, netcode, where it's like basically unplayable online. Uh, I get the hyperbole factor of being in 2020, and especially being on Twitter. You want to go freaking as top shelf as humanly possible, as fast as possible. You want to get there and say, this is the most unbelievable like piece of garbage I've ever seen in my entire life, because that's going to get you a bunch of likes and retweets and a bunch of other stuff like that, and that is what everyone goes to whether you're on reddit in our comment section it is so prevalent it's got it's ridiculous well how much of it is the lack of charisma that capcom has that when something goes bad and people can blame it on them they're very quickly going to do so i mean it's it's definitely a factor i can't give you a percentage but it's also sure, a percentage and I couldn't that, either. yeah it's also a percentage that like look this is the most popular game in the fgc still it's either this or smash ultimate right and this is what everyone's playing the the cpt is a gold standard it's what most people are talking about when when something is slightly wrong with street fighter 5 our, our capcom fighting game you hear about it if, if that same thing happens with an arxis game or other games you might hear about it you know it, it's very much a question of that but yes okay fair enough I'm okay with people calling out Capcom with this. Like they do need to be called out with for, for it. But I, I don't want Capcom to hear people saying, oh, this is a quick fix and you guys should have had it done and whatnot. This code hasn't been updated in a week since it came out. And if it was a quick fix to get all the bugs that have been documented on the Reddit thread and elsewhere and done and up, like I, I think the guy would have done it. Maybe he's busy with other stuff. I don't know. But um, I don't think this stuff is trivial. I don't think it's easy. And multiple other fighting game developers have went on record and saying, hey, rollback netcode is hard. And we just experienced this not that long ago with Guilty Gear, the new game that's coming out. They're like, 
we want to go with delay-based code, and we know for a fact delay-based code is way easier than rollback code. And they're like, but we're hearing a big demand for rollback code. Can we do this? Can we prioritize it and whatnot? That is all the proof anyone should need right then and there that this is not easy stuff to do. This well, takes time and, and dedication. I think Capcom probably should boom their pants right now because they have so much of their immediate future wrapped up in online play and online play is in chaos right now and it's sort of out of their control it this is this is probably like all hands on deck at capcom right now to get through this problem because if if everyone if the community starts viewing online as completely invalid because we're seeing things like what happened with the k-bread story we posted yesterday where he's in the middle of like three hits into a combo from after a stun and then suddenly the rollback is clearly greater we talked about the placebo effect this was clearly greater than i think anything i've ever seen in street fighter 5 where suddenly instead of him comboing in the middle of his combo he's getting hit with ed's super on reversal timing it's people are going to see things like that they're going to see K-Brad's face. They're going to like <laughs> a laugh, and it's going to be a thing that gets stuck in their memory, and it's going to start to to become the identity of Street Fighter V online, and therefore it's invalid, and therefore the uh, Intel World Open, much of which is being played and figured out online, you know, who's going to care about that? The stakes are going to be low. It's like, well, we'll play for the money, but... We'll see how long that lasts. The Street Fighter Amateur League, like Street Fighter League Amateur Circuits, they're starting to get uh, people from a, a collection of cities to create teams. That's played online as well. So, and and whatever this new 100-person online tournament thing is, they're going hard into esports. If you can occupy the space online at a valid level, you're, you're so many more options open up for you. And right now, someone created a, a halfway fix that creates more problems that's now out of their control that they need to deal with uh, on the fly to make sure that all of these plans don't just suddenly crash and burn. Yeah, I, I love what you said there about all hands on deck. And I am really hoping that is the case there because... We have seen that not be the case with Capcom before, right? I mean, let's not even that long ago with Street Fighter V or like input delay. And, and like we harped on that so hard and it got like kind of partially fixed when it go down from like like basically eight to like six or something around there. You know, and we could go out to all the reasons why the PlayStation stuff, all that kind of stuff. But it, it, it took a while, but it eventually got fixed. And um, but that never felt like an all hands on deck scenario that Capcom immediately jumped on it and started addressing it. It was like, oh, yeah, we heard you, but like whatever, you know, type thing. And so if that is now changing and, and this netcode mod is responsible for it, which I think it would be, you know, very clearly, um, I, I, I look at this as a very, very, very good thing, regardless of how good the mod is or is not like whatever your opinion of it is. If it gets Capcom to actually jump on this, their butts in gear. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, and I will say in this note, though, that that Ono jumped on Twitter to actually address this with some kind of cryptic ish tweets. Right. And he basically apologized for the situation. And I'm not exactly sure what part he was saying sorry for. Um Maybe it's a fact that Capcom made this possible to begin with by not locking down the DLL files that people are altering, right? Or um, maybe it's because they haven't updated the game's netcode. Ono's words here are really up for interpretation on what exactly he was saying, but the fact he was going in on it, the fact he was talking about it at all and acknowledging it in a series of tweets, he doesn't do that often. He does it. It does not happen often. And I'm going, okay, good. 
thank you because we've been talking about this for about a year or two. And uh, funny thing enough, we were discussing behind the scenes, and you guys can look back again before the Netcode mod came out, how to get more Netcode articles up there in front of the website because we needed to address this matter more, uh, and this happened. And here we go. We're we're celebrating Ono tweets of some of cryptic acknowledgement. Like people, man, I'll say this. People love Street Fighter, the community, whatever it's become, because I don't know, I haven't really been this, you know, intimately into other genres, so I can't speak for them, but I don't feel like it would be something that people would put up with, all of this stuff, they're like really fighting for their for their game to just be, you know, for how much we complain, and we complain a lot, yeah. and not all of it's valid, for sure, but... But man, we're we're really fighting through and for this thing, and and I think that's a that big thumbs up to the to the Street Fighter and fighting game community for that. Yeah, and I, I do want to actually go back to what you just said about us complaining about valid things, and that is really important because sometimes look, Capcom's human, and they see people complaining about things that they have either tested or they know are not legitimate, and they go, "Look, these people don't know what they're talking yeah. about." You lose it, credit. Yeah, you, you definitely lose credibility. And it's like, look, you need you need to express yourself in thoughtful and articulated ways. And it's like, we're not going to control everyone on Twitter or in our comments or on Reddit or whatever. That's not the point. The point is, is collectively having a voice that we take back to Capcom that shows, hey, we are somewhat informed about this. We don't know everything. You guys are the developers. You know a heck of a lot more about the ins and outs of this. But that doesn't mean our opinions are invalid here. It doesn't mean we have no idea what we're talking about. But if we go popping off with just a bunch of dumb crap on Twitter or we're elsewhere, yeah, they're going to look at us like idiots because that's what we're being at that point in time. So educate yourself on this stuff. Uh, I'm not saying we're perfect here on the Event Hubs podcast or on the website proper and whatnot. We're happy to, you know, to to hear feedback and try to get better with this stuff. But it is important that you educate yourself before you just go pop off. I know you're going to get a bunch of retweets and likes if you do that. I understand the incentive there, but it's much better for our whole kind of like the game's health and our, our community's health if we actually address the issues that are legitimate and and there it is. So, well, let's think about what the best case scenario out of this is. What you were getting at a little bit. Capcom fixes the problem. They're they're able to do it and the online play of Street Fighter 5 is not a meme and it's not something that people immediately default into making fun of or scoffing at or being frustrated by but it becomes a valid thing that people can use. And that bumps up the chances for success, or at least makes it possible for these things to be successes. Uh, all these ventures that Capcom's getting into that have very, very direct ties to online play. And things go well, what, what's it look like there? I mean, there's, a, there's still other factors in play. Has this new balance patch end up? Is, is, it, is it broken? Is, is, are certain characters just going to dominate? Or is it, hey, everyone has a chance now. It's cool. It's fun. Because that's how it's kind of feeling right now, maybe. Uh, so, like, things could go really well from this if their correct actions are made. And that's a big if, but we'll see. Yeah, there's a, a long rumored update that there is a netcode version, an improvement in the works, right? We, we have heard this quite a bit over the years. And, uh, and and that's a very key thing to mention over the years. We, we've heard this rumor for quite some time. Um, if there's a good time to release it, it's probably right here when the game's tournament edition is coming out with the Intel World Open coming out, uh, a quarter of a million bucks on the line, all this kind of stuff tied to online play. And Ono definitely hyped up the tournament edition. It was not just a fun new uh, add-on to the game. This is like a big 
deal that he was talking about. You know, what, did he even say like thousands of people could be playing in this or whatever? I think um, it was like a hundred at a time. Yeah, I mean, it's it's they were talking about a lot. Um, and again, I mean, it's I think it's limited to like 128 or 64 people or some something around there. But he put a lot of respect on this thing, right? And to me, if you're gonna release a giant new online mode and you're gonna have all these online qualifiers and all this other kind of stuff, what you do is you take a close hard look at the netcode that's powering all of this stuff and you say what can we do with it and that might be happening capcom will sometimes just kind of announce stuff out of the blue uh tournament edition is is roughly scheduled for about february right now um that was kind of the timeline that ono gave it's not a lock it could be january um but we know that they want it out there before the cpt starts up officially so we will see um but yeah, it, it's it's kind of an interesting time right here. Uh, it might be that Ono is actually jumping on Twitter and speculating with all this stuff because uh, they've got a netcode fix right in, in the works. And it's coming out, and, and that's what's going to happen. And there it is. And, and yeah. I think Capcom's freaking out with all hands on deck. But if this netcode fix goes well, it could be one of the biggest wins for Street Fighter V so far. Yeah. Yeah, and, and uh, we're going to get into it here in another segment, but I mean, Street Fighter V does so many things, right? Like with the CFN, uh, the replays, the frame data, training mode, all that kind of stuff that, uh, you know, it, there's there's good hope for the game. It's, people love to crap on this game. I get it. We just covered the reasons why, but there are a lot of very nice features that are baked into Street Fighter V that people really do take for granted um, because, you know, they're there. They exist already, right? But, uh, but yeah, so... All right, moving along here, uh, right before we started up the podcast, I shared a link with John, and you guys know here, who are regular listeners, that I feel Ibuki has a really good shot at being the number one character in the game. And and I'm going to just very quickly walk people through this um, uh, this clip here, uh, since they can't see it, of course, with this medium. But uh, basically, Ibuki sh- throws her V trigger to, uh, the, you know, the shuriken, um, and it, you know, it goes in there, and then she starts digging in her pocket for the caltrops, right? And throws it out there, and then she proceeds to do her command dash like four times, and doing left-right mix-ups on it the entire time. Because you know, three caltrops come out, and now yeah. there are three caltrops plus oh V-Trigger 2 coming back. Yeah, yeah, and this is like what, like the first month here that we've had CE in our hands and, and been able to play with it, like total. Um, and so John jumped on and his immediate response was, yeah, Ibuki's not number one, top five, bro. And I'm like, what? I was like, no way, you can't. Just, so anyway, I'm like, we're, we're not going to discuss this right now. We're the taking first it to the freaking podcast. first thing I said was, wow, because that was crazy and very intimidating. And if it's something that Fujimura and Shen and company can set up in tournament on the regular, that's really good. But Ibuki has had really good in V-Trigger her whole life. That's still what she's similar to what she's been able to do before. Maybe this will even be stronger. But and and, and that's amazingly good. She'll be a, you know kind of a robbery character in certain respects there, if that's true. And that's super, put her in top five for that easily. But I think that there might be other characters that they're really good comes from before V-Trigger and then also in V-Trigger. And if that's the case, that makes them potentially better than even Ibuki. So uh, it's where gotta, the, the strength is. I got to jump is. in and say that uh, Ibuki's comes before V-Trigger too because this is her V-Skill. Yes, but she's using her V trigger too to like lock you down long enough to get the triple V skill out. Fair enough, but she can do it even without that. With just like an EX bar, she can get that thing out and set it up really well too. But not sure. that wasn't in the clip. So, but yeah, right. But I'm just talking about these V trigger mix ups that you know, like, because in that 
kind of a situation, that's when you're going to get hit with the stun and then you're not going to have enough life to survive after that. Like those are the round enders, mm-hmm. the resets that come out of that stuff. So, I mean, maybe it's powerful too, but what we're looking at right now and kind of going off of is the triple Caltrop V-Trigger 2, like blows all of her meter and all of her everything, but you're dead if you get hit by this. And there's a damn good chance you're going to get hit by this. Yeah, okay, so this is where I take issue with it, is we did our Event Hub's uh, a tier list here on the podcast, and uh, in the top 10 characters, we had a Buki fifth overall. This character got better. How could she only be did top five? Did she get life week? and vitality? Uh, she I'm looking it up right now. None of that stuff, thankfully. None, oh, none, of, none of the vitality are stunned. So. Oh, good. All right, cool. Well, then, then she's fine. <laughs> okay, but, but, okay, but my question is, like, again... She was fifth before in our, in our own list that we did. How is she not better now with the Caltrop mix-ups? She doesn't get in for free with EX Airborne Kunai anymore. That's significant. That's a pretty big one. Mm-hmm. So, yes, I she very well might be even better than she was, but she did get a few nerfs that you got to bring up in this conversation. So, uh, yes, well, one, she was perhaps, just because she went up from also being a top five doesn't mean that the people that were right below her that also went up didn't go up higher than she's at, that some of the people above her didn't stay above. So that could be an answer to your question. Okay. But yeah, I, and and you know what? It's You might be right. It's possible that Ibuki is the number one. She's not my favorite for it yet because I haven't seen enough. But if if like tomorrow or when, when a tournament starts... We see that her neutral is strong enough and her V-Trigger is ridiculous and and more so than the other characters that I'm kind of worried about for top one, top two, then yeah. And I wouldn't be surprised at all to see that. But with where things stand right now, I know that her ability to get in has been nerfed a little bit. And uh, and so and she didn't get those you know health buff and stun buff. So maybe that's enough to keep her out. I think okay. there are other front runners. Fair enough. Yeah, and, and a couple of things we should mention too are is her V skill one did get nerfed a little bit, right? Like that made it more with punishable. Uh, and then also her V trigger two, which we're talking about, it's called a Haku. The where again she throws a ninja star, right? Mm-hmm. Um, uh, that actually went on the first hit from negative two to negative four. So now that is actually punishable now. Uh, you know, good luck punishing it, I would assume, from what I've seen. But, you know, maybe, again, uh, we've discussed it before with her V-Skill 2, the Caltrops, that people are very ignorant of what's going on with those just yet. And so that is the one saving grace I can throw out there and say maybe Ibuki is not the number one character based on that. But, man, does she just continue to look even more scary than she looked last year. Well, and last year, she was great. Like, but yeah. Yeah. And, and she went from not having to get the hit at all to last season. She could get the hit, but she didn't get the advantage. And this is, I'm talking about V-Trigger cancels. Uh, it was totally fine that you had blocked it in season one and kind of season two. And then in season three, you, uh, or actually, I'm sorry. Well, anyways, previous seasons, I got to get my seasons mixed up. But season four, she was minus two. So you could block it and she could do a weird, like, is she going to DP when you're when she's minus two kind of mix up to try to hang on to it. But she didn't get it just for free for you blocking. Now you can jab into into something out of it. Now that Shryuken, or Shryuken's coming back. So you got to 
you got to lab this and figure out what you can actually do. But technically speaking, yeah, she doesn't get, she has to earn the hit is the point here. And that's really nice because hot damn, it's one thing to have a robbery V trigger and it hurts so much more when you have a, well, I wouldn't even say it's necessarily robbery anymore because she has to at least earn the hit. A lot of these other ones that have been terrible are ones that they don't care if you block or not because they put you in a 50-50 mix up that opens you up and kills you. And Ibuki has been one of those for sure. But now at least she has to earn the hit so there's uh, that. i'm i'm definitely saving that sound bite of at least she has to earn the hit in the moment you complain about ibuki i'm setting that back your way and say <laughs> I, we really don't know you know it, it, it's a fair thing i still think she's got a great case for the number one are very close to it character in this game um, but just real quick like who are you seeing right now as like kind of your top five uh, just off the top of your head um do you this, have them? uh i i on paper and from what i remember in fighting him, because I, for whatever reason, haven't been facing off a lot against a lot of G's lately. But G got better and didn't get nerfed, got some extra stun, and and his slap on the wrist nerf, which is appropriate, but not at all what needed to happen to make this character like not ridiculous, was that his anti air isn't amazingly godlike. It's only godlike now. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this character went from uh, I think. He was a very turbulent high tier, but man, he could get the job done, especially when you put thought into him because he gets to play with really good footsies, like not the best, but pretty good footsies, Mm -hmm. and he gets to go crazy, just lose it. And then the the V... Okay, anyways, he's got a lot of good stuff. And he didn't lose anything, and he he actually like gained a little bit, like his crouching medium kicks better because he needed that. Great. So uh, G is my my biggest scariest dude. But the person, the character that I'm feeling the most, uh, uh, I'm most wary about right now because of my recent interactions with him online and offline. Uh, some of the people in my local scene have been playing Urian, mm-hmm. and, including like Saber. Sa- okay, mm-hmm. here's here's an example. For, well, let me let me set up the character first. His normals are stupid good. His nerf to heavy punch is very welcome, and I appreciate that. But they kind of replaced it exactly in the way they tweaked Coral Kick, and it, it probably won't serve the exact same function. But that thing goes forever, and they like here we're gonna bring the hurt box back, so it's harder to whiff punish. It's like why did he need that? Uh, he's got a bunch of just do it specials where he doesn't have to play neutral if he doesn't want to but he's amazing at neutral if he does want to his forward dash is amazing his v trigger is crazy he has all he's got a better more useful v skill now in my opinion he's 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 a scary scary dude so he's up there too and i played um, a couple of them like online and even ones that are significantly lower rank than i am um, and ones that I, I have a read on uh, like half the time. It doesn't matter because they just do crazy Urian, just do it 50-50s, and it, oh man, it's really hard to stop that character. A quick question for you with the yeah. online Urians running into, are they using V-Skill 1 or 2? Two. Almost all oh, of them wow. using two. In okay. fact, I don't, Interesting. I, every Urian that I've been running into is, is two. Okay. So I have, and then there's two examples of Urians in my local scene. We have uh, Ish, who's he's uh, relatively new to the Street Fighter scene within the last year or so here in, in town. And he's been playing a lot of different characters. I haven't seen him play Urian before the patch at all. I don't know if he has been. But he pulled out Urian and is giving me a run for my money. Um, where like, Ish is certainly an up-and-comer, but we usually go a certain way, you know, because he's fairly new to things. And his Urian's already giving me a hard time. 
uh, much more so than a lot of his other characters have so far. Then you also have Saber, who is a seasoned Street Fighter vet, but has really hasn't been investing much time into Street Fighter V. It just hasn't been his game. He's tried Urien when he came out. He tried Sakura when she came out, but nothing has resonated with him. And he's been just playing old man games and throwing old man game tournaments instead of uh, doing Street Fighter stuff. But this year am, got him back on. I am on. so offended by that terminology you just used. But yeah, go Good. ahead, continue. Yeah, that's put it in your uh, put it in your blog. <laughs> You actually have a pretty big one, and you could probably get me to put it in. I'm going to have to. Great. Cool. Figure that out for you, boss. <laughs> Anyways, uh, so Saber took me down. It should have been. It, it, usually I, I beat the crap out of Saber because he's not playing the game, but he's been playing the game for a few weeks, and he took me down to last game, last round in the tournament over the weekend. So I'm having a hard time with Urian. I've never not had a hard time with Urian, but he seems. Oh, and he also got. He. He got the the health and stun buffs too. Mm-hmm. It's like uh, the, so he's someone I'm really afraid of. Outside of those two, I see it with Ch- uh, with Chun on paper, but I've I've heard arguments against her, and I haven't seen the results yet. I'm afraid of it. I've I've seen MOVs Chun, uh, a, a, like a little compilation of it. She's obviously a very strong character, but I don't think we've seen the competition happen yet. Ibuki's certainly up there. Okay. I really think that Laura's going to be up there. We talked okay. about her, um, but there's a lot of potentials outside of those but um i i think urian and g are my top two right now wow okay uh and just so real quick mine are abuki g bison chun karen uh i think that the nerfs to bison and karen have been pretty much superficial uh i think it's going to impact them but i think it's going to impact them at lower levels of play uh higher levels you're going to see them still doing great stuff uh the biggest nerf to karen might actually be chun li but we'll see again mm-hmm. i'm not completely sold mm-hmm. on chun li being a top five character even i think she's going to be you know but uh but there it is so. She's she's so fast on her feet. She's already got very established footsies, which means you're afraid to you you start to be afraid to push buttons when you're playing neutral with Chun Li faster and earlier and from farther distances than most other characters because her reach is so good. Yeah. And they they nerfed her standing heavy punch and MOV uses it like more now. He uses it as a poke and such, and it's like he'll use that, and and all of it is to open up crouching medium kick because when you hit with that, you get to go into heavy, uh, heavy uh, lightning legs into uh, Oki or worse if she has more meter and stuff. But the combination to give Chun, I probably better footsies than Karen had before, maybe is very scary <laughs> and yeah. what their main yeah. change with her what they say in the patch notes like their little before the little like you know pre-blurb or whatever they say chun didn't have enough damage to finish opponents off so that's one of the areas we specifically focused on is giving her enough damage to to finish people off so now she has a very honest footsie way in but it's like she's really powerful there Ugh, she might be scarier than karen last season but maybe not maybe she just fizzles away Yep. Yeah, it's it's going to be interesting. Uh, so how do we apply all this stuff? How do we get in and, you know, get it going? And, and John, you and I are both, you know, pretty solid players in Street Fighter V. We know what we're doing. We're both Grandmaster rank. Um, we have some solid basis to work off of. Um, and I wanted to kind of distill down, like, what we're doing and, and kind of how we approach stuff to help people level up and and handle all the freaking changes that got thrown at you. Um, you know, because there's 39 characters or 38 characters, I guess, who got massive changes. There's a brand new character to look at. Uh, you know, the game is different. Uh, things are going in there. Uh, so for me, um, 
you can read through the patch notes. It's fine. Uh, I really like to watch match footage and kind of see what the biggest changes are going down. Um, and and that really helps me a lot. So the first thing I do, do is actually go jump into um, the CFN. Now, you can go to Twitch. You can go to YouTube. You can go wherever you want to. Uh, but I highly recommend going on the CFN because with that uh, approach, you're able to find someone who uses the exact same V-skill and V-trigger configuration that you do. You know, if you only go and like look at Sako or Daigo, they might do stuff different than you are, you know, someone like Justin Wong, right? He plays Monat, um, but he plays her in a super defensive way. And you look at Sako's Monat, and he plays her generally much more offensive and controlling and what, uh, and with that approach. So it's very important that you find uh, a couple players that match your skill set and also hopefully do a lot of the same things you do so you can kind of um, model yourself and see what's good from them. And again, aim, aim fairly high up the, the ladder. I, I don't re recommend any like bronze footage and whatnot. Uh, I do recommend uh, diamond level or above. Um, going too far might you know make your head spin. Uh, and going too low, of course, you know, has the other side effect I was just talking about. Um, but do note that these changes are overwhelming for everyone. Like, I don't care who you are. Uh, you had the great story about Daigo last week, like struggling to do the Sako combos and whatnot. It is, that is everyone's reality. So what you're doing is you're, you're hopping on CFN, you're hopping on Twitch, you're, you're going in there and you want to watch about five to 10 replays and write down all the notable things that you, you see happen that you're either unaware of or you're not utilizing at a high level. Um, it doesn't matter uh, uh, what they are. Uh, it could be pretty much anything. Um, it, you just you want to be looking at match footage that that jives with you and just kind of taking active notes on stuff like, oh, you know, uh, so-and-so anti-air is way better than I do. Like, what are they doing to anti-air that well? Make a note of it and, and, and file it away for a little bit of a later time. Yeah, maybe they're not committing to so many uh, long buttons, you know, like like uh, with a lot of recovery in the neutral, so they're more ready to hit people when they jump. Yeah. Um, one of the things I did forget, too, with going into CFN is you want to go into CFN, then the rankings, and then you could actually uh, hit a button to filter by character. And, and that way you can look at all the top players who are playing Kage. You know, for example, and, and that's a great way to find uh, a player that matches your style and approach with stuff. Uh, and again, a lot of pros that do this, too. It's not cheating. It's not anything that's under the radar. It's like they're sitting there watching each other's match footage and going, oh, I never considered that. You know, it's it's a great way to get better at the game. It's just watching footage for a bit. But um and then, of course, with CFN replays, it's worth noting that you can easily skip ahead on rounds. You can slow or in increase the playback speed, um, jump around the match, kind of do whatever you want to. Also, one of the big things that people don't realize is frame data and inputs are readily accessible from, from the replays. That is really helpful when you're trying to see if, you know, you're, you're watching Justin Wong do a setup and you're like, is that even safe? Is that even plus or whatever? And you can pull up the frame data right then and there and see exactly what kind of situation you're working with. And it works for both players it is a super helpful way to see how legit stuff is or is not. So now the biggest thing is once you have a list of about 10 things uh, to add to your game, only work on a couple of them at one time. Super huge. If you try to implement everything you caught while watching that footage, it can very quickly overwhelm you and just knock you on your butt. Instead, you want to just focus on a few specific things, usually just two, you know, uh, to get to the point where you're not actively thinking about adding those things into your game. You're just doing them mostly organically. And again, those two things that you're, you're looking at doing, it's not to the point of perfection. You're not training them up for months or whatever. You're just looking to get them into a solid spot so that you can move on to other things on your list. And again, it's super important not perfection, just adequate, just good, just where you're not consciously having to remind yourself all the time to do it. It just kind of is. Yeah. So uh, one kind of like 
maybe it's it's something as simple as fireballs and uppercuts you know and and just trying to find a balance and in, in doing something like that or one certain frame trap that you want to make sure to do um and balance and you know wh- whether you're throwing or doing a frame trap you know stuff along those lines but you don't have to juggle everything at the same time yeah. and remember all the frame data and remember the opponent's frame oh. data and like what the character that you're coming at or, or that you're facing off against is doing and thinking and able to do and, and all that stuff because that's just too much. If you want to do that, you are definitely giving your opponent a gigantic advantage. So if you want to try yeah. to juggle all this type of things because Street Fighter Five is all about how much you can juggle, um, you are, you're you're trying to juggle 20 things when you should be trying to juggle two, you know, and it's, yeah. Um, so if you're not sure where to start with it, your, your list of 10 things that you grabbed, right? Um, I recommend working on stuff that you enjoy first. Execution might not be your cup of tea. Like it might not be, you, you might want to not want to sit in training mode for 30 minutes, like trying to learn a new combo or whatever. You don't have to. Like if you enjoy like setups or traps or playing defense more, focus on that stuff first. Because ultimately these games are actually about having fun and the stuff that you have fun with, you're naturally going to be more efficient and better with overall. And and the other things will kind of like branch out from there. It's it's amazing that you can work on your defense and like your combos are going to get better from that, right? Like you can, again, work on the stuff that you enjoy. It will get you to a good spot. Um, and then like, you know, once you're, once you're at that good spot, maybe you, you, you work on the stuff you don't enjoy that much, you know, a little bit like just a little, you know, kind of thing like and, and put it on there. And, and again, it's the whole point is just trying to have like a process that works because I see so many players just kind of lose their minds of like, you know, fighting games are way too hard to learn and all that kind of stuff. And yeah, they're hard, but if you break them down in the correct way uh, and we go back to the arcade culture, you know, that, that we had then like people would pull you to the side and say, Hey, look, like you're doing this and that wrong. You know, after they took like $2 of your money, you know, like <laughs> in matches and whatnot, they would eventually start feeling sorry for you and say, Hey, look, like this is what you're doing wrong. This is how to improve and whatnot and it, it made a huge difference uh and usually those people would become like your freaking lifelong friends right uh online doesn't really have that like there, there's people aren't pulling you to the side and giving you advice and whatnot usually they're, they're telling you like how bad you suck and get wrecked and all that well you, you got to go on to youtube for that because there's so there's such a wealth of knowledge there now yeah you know you can go and and find it's amazing like it's it's gotten faster and more prevalent even though we were saying the same kind of thing about it that oh my gosh there's all of a sudden so much more online so much information that we didn't have back in the day kind of a thing that's still true but it's even more true now than it was two years ago because now you can jump on and a bunch of people have already posted up here are the specific changes and what they mean for each character and here they are in action and that's immediate that like you don't even have to do that and now you can see oh if i do this move i'm plus two instead of minus two now and that means i can do you know push a button here that's the significance of that change noted moving on and you can you can really access and pinpoint what you want to learn very quickly if mm-hmm. you're uh, if you're motivated to do so so like the information's out there there's so many resources cfn like you were saying if you those that's for the people that really want to dig in and and just get right into you know like just the kind of the wild of it but see what happens but there's also like even more pinpointed youtube videos that just focus on specific changes and how they function stuff like that so not only that, but not only YouTube, but also the Event Hubs podcast. We do that here too. So just to oh yeah, listen, tell your friends. Yeah, yeah. Just <laughs> I don't know what we're doing up here, but yeah. But anyway, <laughs> uh, but you had a point that you wanted to jump in and mention on that though. Um, it was actually basically what you were saying. Uh, the not to to like break it up into bite sized pieces and only focus on those things one at a time. 
So yeah. <laughs> there's that. My, my but, apologies. Yeah, I jumped all over. No, no, no. It's all yeah, yeah. It was right before too. It's like, hey, great minds. But one other thing that I that I did kind of come up with while you were talking just now is like some people are going to have a hard time figuring out like, well, what is it that I want to do? Well, like think about the, the, what, what's one of the funnest things that you can imagine doing? Is it like getting a counter hit? Let's say it is right. Cause you're playing Kage now, which is what I've been doing. So I can give you this as an example, but say you want to um, be able to hit your opponent with a, um, like a crouching medium punch or a crouching medium kick, but you got to be pretty close to do that. So it's like, if that's your goal, um, know what your goal is and even if you're just a beginner and you're not very fluent in even some of the basics that's okay you just work your way back from from what you want to do so like if you know that hitting a crouching medium punch like well if they're blocking it all the time what's the first answer well when you're up close that means you have to work on being able to throw them and mix up the uh, you know strike versus throw but maybe you're not that far along in your development yet so you take a step back and you just kind of get an idea of like what it means to to close in on someone and when your opportunities to get closer are and using certain buttons to open things up and it's like well maybe you're not there yet okay we'll take a step back learn buttons and their ranges Mm -hmm. but the point is you can start with what you're most interested in learning and just slowly work your way back through the logical steps of what do i need in order to make this happen and find out where you are on that chain work on that spot and then move on to the next one pretty soon you've created this path from anywhere that you are, you know, wherever your skill level and your, your understanding um, and personal development's at, then you can make your path right up to the thing that you want to get better at and then eventually have that tool. And that's kind of how this process breaks down. But it's a lot easier to say, I want to learn how to, you know, just what my buttons are. That's a really easy thing to just sit and do. And it's not intimidating. And just put one block on top of the other. There you go. Well, very well said. Um, so next up here, uh, we wanted to take a look at who Daigo is playing here in Season 5 early on. And there's some interesting contrast going on right now to Daigo's previous comments about Ryu and his current thoughts about Kage. And it's important to note here straight away that that Daigo is a pretty go-with-the-flow guy. Uh, because of this, I don't think you can read his prior comments as absolute truth, but more of a loose guideline on how strong he feels the various characters are. Uh, this came up because Daigo said he had no plans on playing Kage in tournament, uh, at least for the time being. It depends on how future developments take place, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, he said he mainly plans on sticking with Guile like he did in Season 4. Uh, that's something that I actually had previously talked about last week uh, before Daigo even said this because I felt Guile's new V skill too uh, and his all-around game plan felt quite a bit like Umahara, like what he wants to do and what he's good at. Uh, plus the fact that the guy is still very good overall. Uh, and if you ask me, I think he's better than both Kage and Ryu. Mm-hmm. Um, so Umahara said that Guile's pretty good this year as well, uh, just recently. Um, and I'll note that Guile got a few changes, but received a very nice new V-Skill to uh, to do aerosonic booms, plus the common health and stun buff that you and I refer to quite a bit. Um, <laughs> Guile was already good before, but of course, you know, he got that on top of it. And not Monot for some reason. Why not, why not her, Capcom? Why not her? But I, I digress. But um, anyway, um, now Daigo has a very specific footsie control style. Um, like that he plays in with pretty much all the characters that he uses, right? Uh, there's a good bit of YOLO with Guile. You never know when the Umishiro is coming out or, or Flash Kick mm-hmm. or whatever you want to call it, right? But 
he's not actually someone who has a lot of success with a variety of different play styles. He very typically plays a mid-range zoning character, like I mentioned before, with a good bit of random baked in. Not a lot of random, but just a good bit of like, I mean, you know, he got pieced out of tournaments by doing just DPs over and over again in Street Fighter 4 with Ryu. And it was like, dude, what are you doing? You know, but he was... It's, it, no he, one remembers that. Yeah. They remember Gamer B, Adon on the uh, African airstrip level. <laughs> Getting at the, there's an energizer, energizer lucked out. What was it? Dreamhack energizer has their logo on that. And I watched that at least twice a year. And I bet you everybody else does too, man. Yeah. That was, that was a moment. We remember that, but you're right. He also got pieced out a lot for doing it. <laughs> yes. And you see him, I think it happens even more maybe in street fighter five. Oh yeah. Crush counters, baby. Um, yeah. but as such a, the, the characters that Daigo plays are not overly difficult to call. Uh, the young pick in super street fighter four arcade edition was surprising, but he had landed a brand new sponsor and Yun was the number one character and he was like hey come beat me with this character well a lot of people did <laughs> unfortunately that did not work out so well for him yeah, he only got fifth at evo yeah and i mean he actually um he he had quite a bit less success with Yun overall than he did with going back to the shadows and he was actually the number one player in our list of you know top street fighter four players ever uh, when we were doing that back in the day daigo won that more often than anyone else got number one overall um he was much better with playing a shoto type of character. oh yeah because ryu won the first two evos for street fighter four and then his uh, evil Ryu was incredibly memorable. Yes. He had some moments. That combo against Momochi was like not Evo moment 37, but it was like a, it's a cousin. It's a relative of that now, you know, and, uh, and, and like we posted a story about Daigo's evil Ryu at Capcom Cup one year. And all the story was was a video of the raging demons that he hit, his oh, Kara demons. And it blew up when we, I don't remember what the, the numbers were like when we posted it. And it was years and years ago. But I just remember like, dude, people love this evil Ryu. And it's because he was just, it was, it was Daigo the Shoto. And there is some magic to that. So. Yeah, and, and we're bringing all this up to say that Daigo is a great barometer for how good are not the Shoto characters who rely on mid-range mid zoning are, typically in Street Fighter. And yeah. again, he's not the end-all be-all, but he's definitely a big voice in the room for how good the Shoto characters are with this stuff. And where I'm going with this is um, Daigo right now has said very recently that he believes that his Ryu would be better than Kage in tournament. And I'm like, wait, 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 wait a damn second. Like, we, we've we got Kage here as a, around a top 15 character. Uh, and and I, I think that my guess, like, I would personally have Ryu around mid-tier. Now, and, and that's, you know, about 40 characters, so that's about maybe top 20, maybe 25 or something. There's not a huge difference, but that is a solid difference out there. And this is the first person I have seen ever make a correlation to Ryu and Kage and say, oh, yeah, uh, Ryu might be better, at least for me. You know, again, that's that's a big sticking point here with what I kick this off with. Daigo's a very nuanced kind of person and very go with the flow. And this is a translation, right? And, and this is him also like streaming and talking at the same time. I don't even know half the crap that comes out of my mouth um, when I'm, when I'm uh, you know, playing the game, but I'm sure I couldn't put it up here on the podcast. <laughs> because, yeah. You know, I mean, it's just, I'm not good at that. And it's going to be a lot of curse words. But um, 
the thing about it, is, I mean, this is still also something he's putting out there. Like, oh, yeah, I think my Ryu would be better than Kage. It's like, are you saying Ryu's better than Kage? Like, that is immediately where my mind went. Are, are you just saying that your Ryu is better than your Kage in tournament? And, and just my mind is kind of blowing at the, the, the possibilities right now of Ryu coming back and being a strong character, maybe a sleeper strong character. Let me tell you something, though. Guile, I'm sorry, not Guile, uh, uh, Daigo is a goof sometimes, yes. and Daigo says some stuff, especially early on. Daigo is very much a human being like you and I and says the same kind of lighthearted or not as thought out things um, when he's exploring. He has the emotions. He reacts to the emotions. He's, he's, a, he's a dude. He's a human. Um, he continues to refine, and he gets to a place that very, very few others get to, but early on, Things could go in various ways. Now, yes, he's an absolutely great barometer to use. Uh, who, you know, him and a collection of a few others and in, in different avenues. It's like that's what you're going to go to. He's one of the main sources for sure. But keep in mind that he's human and that he reacts off of emotions and such, and and is just thoughtful. And and there's a lot of a lot more failures at the beginning of the you know the exploration, of course, because it's a lot of guess and check and su- suppositions that don't come through because you haven't seen the whole picture. That all said, I um, I think that Kage is a he's one of those characters that has been bu- like buffed significantly, and people are kind of afraid of him just because of the paper. Now, I don't think we've seen him like win a ton of stuff because there hasn't been a ton of stuff, and we really haven't had that. But people are afraid of him getting up not not even afraid, but just thinking he'll go up pretty high. And it, it is feeling like he's more of a top fifteen. But I just in this article, I, I think it posted up last night. I was saying that I think Kage is also a very good barometer for, uh, I'm sorry, where Kage lands as far as tiers go is a very good barometer for how, mm, I would say, like not well balanced, but balanced around what traditional Street Fighter players want the game is. Because he's, I like his risk reward. I like his footsies factor. Um, he might, might not be the best in the game there, but he's, he's he's balanced in that like you get what you what you put into out of him and and uh if he's one of the best that's awesome now i don't think he is though i think he's kind of eked out of the top 10 even and that's gonna suck because if that's the case then maybe that implies that just doing the unga bunga stuff is the best and it doesn't even matter that you have a character like kage that can really put work in because ugh. and and i think that's what daigo's starting to feel though is that like kage is gonna just require too much work when I'm trying to win tournaments when I can get that done and open my mind up to be thinking about other things and, and even further down the road instead of having to be so focused on you know the the details of footsies and and maybe playing some kind of like defensive footsies which which that kind of sucks in this game too you want to be able to play offensive footsies a good bit if you're going to go hard in that particular department and um and so it's just like he's, he's a good character but and I, I have no idea when it comes to Ryu because uh, I haven't seen much Ryu, um, and I know his fireball game is amazing because he doesn't uh, lose V gauge now when he throws fireballs and V trigger mm-hmm. one, and he's got a, a couple of quality of life things. So maybe he's starting to return to just that basic Shoto tank. Like I can just do the basics and I hit you strong enough, not the best, but still gets the job done. Maybe he can do that in Street Fighter Five, but really you need rushdown in this game most of the time. It's like you need to be really strong up in people's faces. So we'll see on that. But uh, yeah, there's. <laughs> I, I, I think 
Daigo moving away from Kage despite having explored him so much recently is pretty indicative that it's like, oh yeah, he's really good. Daigo, like as a traditional Street Fighter player, sniffs out like the really good, oh, this is fun to do. This is like exactly the game, the risk reward that makes me feel okay when I win. And like when you lose to a Kage, most of the time you feel like, ah, that, that I deserve to lose. But um, he can't stick with it because it might not be what wins and he needs to win. Yeah, I, I think Kage is going to be pretty good, but I don't think he's going to be outstanding. Uh, I think Guile's going to be outstanding again. He was a top 10-ish character for most people last year. He got better. This is this is not a character who got worse. He is very clearly better. Um, and when you're a pro, your job is to win. You know, you don't have the luxury necessarily of of throwing your, your hat wherever. You know, it's why Daigo went to Yun. You know, as I mentioned before, you, your job is to win. And if you don't do your job, oftentimes you get fired. I don't care what walk of life you're in. Uh, these players want to hold on to their sponsorships. They want to do well. And, you know, and so that is what it is. And that's a discussion I think we can get into another time. But uh, I don't really hold it against most players unless they play Rashid, then they can hold it. But <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, I, I will say that, that Daigo said Ryu is clearly better overall since season four, uh, even though he's not going to be maining him, uh, at least not for the time being and and what he did say also about kage is that he's not going to main kage at least right now he he said like maybe if some things change he kind of hinted more i think like a balance patch update that maybe kage gets even better uh i guess he can see that happening um, or maybe you know we, we discover more technology for him i mean that's always a thing right like the fgc is always working i, on I think it would happen more through the nerfing of the crazy stuff which they don't seem to have any intention of really doing so yeah. Yeah, so it, it, you might be wondering, like, it, why are you guys discussing, like, Daigo so much? Well, these Shoto characters that Daigo plays often tend to be the most popular characters in all of Street Fighter. Uh, and, and, you know, we talked already about him being a barometer. It's like we, we want to get into the, the nuts and bolts of this stuff because it helps a lot of the player base kind of unpack what to do, like, with what's going on with those, those you know, characters. They, they love the moveset. They're clearly the most popular characters on CFN, uh, if you go look at the stats and all that. Um, but just a quick rundown here. Um, Daigo wanted to see Forkage. Uh, his fireball actually have a bit more reach um, and that's his normal fireball and then like he immediately said well but yeah like you're using his light red fireball like all the time because it's a, a great like preemptive move um, and, and Kage himself he excels at moving forward with offense and he's just a strong character overall when he's going towards you uh, he loves that aspect of the character and he also felt that the opposite was true that when Kage is trying to play defensively and turtle up he's actually very weak not just weak like very weak like a bad character type thing and that was interesting to me because I mean mid-range zoner usually has a balance of both things like they could do offense and defense uh jack of all trades master of none right you know and mm -hmm. um he feels like Kage doesn't have that. It's evil Ryu. That's typically what happens uh, with that fighter. But, I mean, if you are playing the character, uh, at least in Daigo's opinion, like, don't play very much defense with him. Just kind of constantly be moving towards and pressure people. But, uh, but John, you play him a bit. Do you, do you think that's accurate? It feels like Kage has decent tools almost everywhere on the screen because he has that fireball, but it does have a little more startup than your average fireball. Uh, so, but it is something, and the way it moves him back is one of those buttons where sometimes it's the difference maker. Uh, you can use it to like frame trap people. So, like if you're putting him in a block stun and then you use it, even though they are close enough to hit you, when you do it, you animate backwards and you actually come forward and you hit them with the fireball. So it's like it has its utility, and his his buttons aren't the farthest reaching. Mm -hmm. uh, but you know, when you have a fireball, that is like a, a, a full screen poke in certain respects, especially one that you can play the game of how how um, 
how much recovery am I using? Because you can do like the, the multiple levels of it and they hit more time. So if you've got someone and you think they're going to sit on the ground, you can throw a triple fireball and get some chip damage and build some meter if you really don't think that they're going to jump. But then he, he does have the ability to, to do like just the little flash fireball or fake, you know, and, and play that game. So he's usually not counted out even when he's at a distance. But yeah, you don't really want to, um, we don't want to play too much defense with them, but you can get people to do bad jumps anti-air dp them and then that's a way in and i think he can sort of play that game now certainly not as as strongly as uh, as ryu is going to do it though right so maybe that's kind of what daigo is getting into ryu can sit back a little more efficiently and chuck plasma but then also has what it takes when he goes in and is probably a lot more meat and potatoes so it's simple he doesn't have to think about well if i'm in v trigger i need to do light axe kick instead of medium and then cancel it and then this is and that's like kage has i wouldn't go as far as to call him super technical or anything but he has a he has a couple of different paths to take through combos depending on where he's at and i don't know that ryu would necessarily have that as much maybe i'm wrong mm-hmm. but um but yeah yeah uh one of the things that actually daigo did cite about what he doesn't like about kage is the abigail matchup and he feels that abigail is very strong in that and he's also going to be a fairly common tournament character sure and, and that's a big factor like we do tier list uh, like everywhere you know on the site and you see him elsewhere that's not necessarily a tournament tier list because when you are factoring in like, hey, uh, you know, this is a bad matchup, uh, but this character, I'm going to see them like five times in tournament, like on average. That is that weighs very heavily on you because the odds start really stacking up against you. And, and, and when you're fighting a bad matchup that eventually you're going to fail at it. Right. And, and, you know, and get knocked off. So. Yeah, like uh, let's say Kage does really good against Falk uh, and really good against Blanca or whatever. Those are not two common tournament characters, so that 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 tier factor may not be a big deal. But a character like Abigail, who's going to be very common in tournament, it, at least from the sound of it, is a big deal. And so th- it's it's an interesting way of looking at it. That's how the pros have to look at it because that's where they play it's a competitors' the... battle plan. Yeah, right? and it might not be the same thing for the for the casual player. Exactly. So uh, something to factor in. But one thing I I do want to kind of shout out as we wrap this up is that. Um, if Ryu is seen occasionally in tournaments now, it's a big win for Street Fighter V. Uh, you and I have yeah. went hard on this, and you want your poster boy to be a presence and have people feel like he's viable enough to use at high levels. And I think, and I'm knock on wood with this one because I really hope it's the case, I think Ryu is there now. I think he is viable enough where we're actually going to see this guy in tournament. It's like, it's Ryu! Like who? I mean, look, you might feel kind of like whatever about the character, but there's there's a respect factor for who this is and how iconic he is to fighting games. And the fact he was completely relegated to the background for the last couple seasons is bad. It's bad for the game. You don't want that. You want to have your poster boy have some presence up there. And I'm really thrilled that it sounds like we're going to have that take place. Yeah. Good luck. Good luck. All right. So uh, next up, we, we had a letter come in from Matt. Like, uh, John, can you fire that up and, and let him know what they said? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Matt Lewis... Um, asked us about a little mailbag what do you guys think of seth because we recently saw her at capcom cup um or him or 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 both the robot (laughs) yeah the robot seth i know when cody dropped you guys were not too thrilled because they changed his moves and how he plays well i think that he's referring to what majin tenshinhan said because he was very much looking forward to cody's release and then says that this is not the cody i know and we hear that about once a month that'll get brought up in the event of chats yeah. for one reason or another that this isn't the character that i remember uh, he doesn't play anything like him and so i don't want to be this but 
so I, I mean, I didn't have a, a huge problem with him, but he hasn't been super exciting to me for, for what it's worth. I don't know how, if you have any feelings one way or, or another on Cody, but, um, yeah, I, I, I like him. Uh, I think he's cool. Uh, I really enjoy playing Shazi online. I like what Cool Kid's doing with him. I'm excited to see what John Takauchi does with him. Um, I think he's a really cool character that's underappreciated. Um, I don't miss the old Cody, but I did not play him that much either. So yeah. I, I'm really happy with this one actually overall. So It is very fun to play Shazi. I, I wonder if that's just because of the player he is or because the way he can play Guile. I mean, uh, um, he used to play Guile. Mm-hmm. Now it's Cody. Uh, but I think that's the second time I screwed up and called someone Guile today. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow, Guile on the brain. Maybe I should ch- uh, test that character out. Uh, but anyways, when you when you play him, it's a lot of um, a lot of just like he makes you make your decisions. He makes you play Street Fighter Five, and when you do win, you feel like yeah, I earned it because Jazzy's a good good player. Uh, but Seth, Seth was interesting because you got to give the backstory a little bit of where the community was at. They had this idea of Seth, and at least what the loud people on social media said, and I think I agree with this to at least a certain extent, is that he was a very vanilla, like plain character. His design was simply that you know he was he was just like a template, right? It was supposed to be one of many bodies for for Bison to be in. He had the yin yang thing in his stomach that was like holding the two halves of his body so kind of together, which was kind of cool. And he was really, really strong because he was a boss character. And he had a sampling of everyone's moves. And man, Seth could, he had very, very low life, but he could just melt you. He, he could do vortex. He could do a lot of the things that um, a lot of the different kind of uh, types of characters could do. Like Seth had a little bit of everything. And he was crazy. And if you've played online Tony at Wednesday Night Fights, you've really <laughs> felt the pain of just the, yeah. he was, he was just do it maybe more so than any other character in Street Fighter 4 because even though the risk was insane his vortex had like 16 options and there was good chance you weren't picking the right one and you remember just remember like what Punko did with him I think everyone's pretty excited to see if Punko gravitates to Seth in Street Fighter 5 because of what he did you, with that character in 4 You brought him up and now I absolutely oh, go for it. have to quote him Punko had a quote with Seth uh, back in the day when he played in Street Fighter 4 and he said it came it, like I have heavily analyzed the risk reward of this character <laughs> of doing it and going crazy versus not. And he said the advantage to just doing it and betting it is way in his favor than trying to be calculated. And he outright freaking said it. And he's like, no, I've, I've spent a lot of time on this. And he's like, I got way worse when I wasn't betting it. He's like, just bet it. So how many calculated sets did we see do well? <laughs> None. Was there one? I don't know. No, the answer is there's no such thing. So anyways, the so people, I say all that, the character was certainly hype. He had its moments, but I think a lot more so they were like, oh, we don't want the copy of everybody else that's otherwise fairly bland and very frustrating in a lot of ways to play against. That's what they were going off of. So, uh, and then now he just has a sample of everyone's move, a la like sort of Shang Tsungy. Like uh, there's a couple of characters that have done this kind of a thing in the past, but it's it's through I think a specific special move that if he hits you with it, then he does the one move that he steals from your character. Is what I think it it that's how it, it serves or that's how it functions. Uh, it's it's interesting, and I think that especially given the like current social climates and stuff, it was a smart move to make the character kind of like binary. Um, and, and people are intrigued. They're like, I'll check that out. I'll see. But if it's, if it's zany gameplay Seth, that was very much a street fighter five style, just do it character in street fighter four. 
I mean, obviously it'll it'll have a place here in Street Fighter Five, but not it won't contribute in a good way. So I hope it's not that, but I don't know what it's gonna be if it's not because it's still super low life. We saw it's like second lowest life in the game. It's oh, probably yeah. a just do it, go crazy character. That is, that is a just do it character right there. If, if Seth is not a just do it character, I'm gonna be so mad. Like that is like, it get, I get hype over this stuff. I love it as long as it's not terrible like you can implement it like I, I look at Urian and I know people get salty about Urian but he's been outside of season like 2 2.5 or wherever he was he's been overall fine like I, I I'm not thrilled to play against him but it's still it's fun watching Nemo go crazy on people right like it, it's like that's it's fun to watch and probably not so much fun to have it done to you like we, we know this but I this is a game we play right and if everyone's like a hardcore footsies character then you've got Street Fighter Cross Tekken and that was not a fun game to watch for a lot of people and shots fired there but hey that was reality um so you need a varied amount of playstyles in there and i'm fine with seth coming into the game because we know that's what that character is and it's like i'm i'm all in with it uh, so i'm actually very hype about the character uh i i really agreed with what majin tension said uh before here at the you know before we knew the final characters of season four he's like there's no more hype characters left and i'm like yeah i agree like and but i didn't consider gil and seth at that time and both characters i think have brought a lot of hype a lot of interest um and i think that what we're seeing right now now with Gil is like he's a good enough character to to resonate with with players. I'm hoping Seth is the same way, um, and and I, I think that what they did with the robot, like in making her male, female, and not uh, and so both at the same time and not at the once. I don't know how this works. I actually went on and researched what this character is supposed to be like pronoun wise. Um, what the what the advice is out there? There's very little definitive anything and so i actually have to give capcom a lot of freaking credit here and say you know what you bastards you designed something that you knew would get a bunch of attention in the social media climate of outrage and you know cancel culture and all that kind of stuff and you completely sat on the fence with this character much like you did with poison and you're like yeah nothing's right nothing's wrong the community can decide and get into it and whatnot and that's what's happening and some people are freaking outraged that we call the character an it it's a robot it's not an actual living thing some people are like well it should be called they and it's like that's fine i don't it's know a, it's, all it's a character in a fighting game <laughs> all, all i know is that there's this stuff is actually not properly uh documented anywhere in terms of like what it should be i don't you think know, seth's always... gonna get offended if we don't call seth by the right pronoun that seth identifies <laughs> yeah. as but yeah. yeah it's 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 anyway so we'll figure it out over time you know robots are supposed to have rights uh, you know or something like that because they've made five movies about that so eventually we're gonna have to watch those movies again and figure this stuff out but uh, overall uh, as you can hear uh with the, the person who asked the question I, I'm very hype about the character. Generally speaking, I'm not going to play Seth, but I do think that I do think it's a very nice addition to the game, and it's a new playstyle. Being able to still moves from people is a big deal. Like I like that. It's like okay, you know, as you mentioned, like the Shang Tsung type thing going on. What's going to happen with this? Um, uh, I'm, I'm hyped for it. Yeah, I'm also really excited to see what infiltration Seth looks like. I think he'll play the character and be crazy with it. Um, one other thing. The follow-up move, like like the special unique move that she can do that's different for every character, I wonder if the Oki afterwards or the situation afterwards is always the same, because if not, that's like a lot you have to learn as Seth. To, you know, it's like it's different every time you use this move on a different character. That would be kind of crazy to me. Um, and also, I do have to take my hat off to Capcom for taking a sort of like a blank slate character and saying, hey, we can kind of do whatever we want. And taking advantage of that 
that was that was a really good call. So, like, what other character would you be able to do this type of thing so easily with? No, but you take Seth and just, like, there you go. So you get, like, the people that were fans. You get the hype that does come from, like, the character as they appeared in competitive play and what people remember from, like, Online Tony and Punko. But then you also get this new approach, new intrigue, and it was a really well-handled situation thus far. We'll see what happens when, when it comes out. Yeah, if online Tony comes back, I can say this with extreme confidence. I am quitting Street Fighter Five or just banning him from my CFN, whatever. Because if you, oh man, he would make you hate your life. And actually, like now in hindsight, I look at him and I go, that was really cool. I have to hold that. That was awesome that you just would destroy people without, you didn't even get a chance to play. Like it was, it was a one player game at that point when he got you in his vortex. And you just had to hope that he would guess wrong or you would guess right. And usually that meant him guessing wrong because your guesses didn't really seem to matter at that point in time. Uh, I hated that guy, but I, I respected it. <laughs> Shout out so. to Tony. He's a good <laughs> yeah. guy. All right, y'all. That's going to wrap us up for this week of the Event Hus- Podcast. Thank you again so much for listening, and we will be with you soon. See you.